Hi there, and welcome to Veterinary Journal Club. Uh, this is going to be a, another vet talk, um, a discussion. This was a little bit about, um, we had a, um, one of our listeners sent an email and um, kind of gave us this idea to talk about like studying and preparing for different exams. Like board um, exams. Specifically things. board exams, but I feel like a lot of this is applicable no matter what. It doesn't have to be. like This is just how do you study for a standardized test. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. I feel like this comes up a lot, but, um, today when I was at work, we were talking a little bit, uh, I was talking with some of the, the vet students, um, and they were talking about like NAVLI results. So the, um, the national board exams that all veterinarians have to have to take and pass. And, um, you know, that's always a source of angst for students when they're getting ready to take that. The pass rates are incredibly high for that. I mean, they're in the 90s. Um, yeah, so it's pretty much just a rubber stamp. It is, but it also is kind of, you know, it's a bummer if you don't pass. You're just like, yeah, ah. But, but you got good odds to do it on your second absolute, try. Oh, yeah, they go they go up even higher. Um, but it was funny because they were talking about that, and apparently um, there's been a recent drop um, in initial pass rates Um at Virginia Tech and or like I don't know I haven't looked at this myself this is what the student was saying it was like I was wondering you know if it was because they recently changed the curriculum and blah 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 and like you know is, is that a bad thing and I was like or or um is that maybe almost a, a, a good thing and and here's kind of how I thought about this um was you know they they changed the curriculum um at Virginia Tech recently and um to to have all the uh, courses and exams and everything is pass fail. So rather than like you get an ABC, but like either you've met the minimum criteria or you have not, which makes sense for a professional school, right? Like either you are good enough to be a vet or you are not. Like you yeah. have you met the criteria? So yeah, it makes sense. No one wants it, a, the D vet, right? Um, but also, it gets rid of the whole idea of that you are taking these courses to get a certain grade, right? You're taking these courses because you have stuff you need to learn, yeah. and so the focus is less on getting good grades on the exams in theory than it is on um, like learning the material. But as I think most people understand a standardized test, and I asked both the students that I was talking to today, I was like, do you think that performance on the NAVLI is predictive of whether or not somebody's a good veterinarian? And they both are like, no, like, yeah, no, nobody really thinks that like, Oh, well you did really well in this multiple choice exam. Therefore you will be a good vet. No, there's nobody, nobody thinks that. Um, yeah. Well, and, it could also be just like, Oh, the, the numbers for Virginia check dropped. Maybe they doubled because two people didn't pass. Well, that's true too. One. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so, know. I don't like, know what the specific when you get numbers are. that low. Yeah. One um, person makes a huge But difference. even so, like if you're focusing on what do you need to be able to do and your critical thinking skills and your problem solving skills, those are things that are incredibly hard to test on a multiple choice standardized exam. Mm-hmm. And so maybe if, you know, the curriculum has changed and we're focusing on on more important skills in the curriculum, I, I don't know. I'm just speculating, but I wouldn't necessarily say, oh, the NAVLI pass rate dropped a little bit, must, must have ruined everything. I was like, or maybe the NAVLI is the problem. Yeah, I had a friend talking anyway. about that. Um they were at uh, the UF med school and they were talking about they were having some trouble with their pass rate for their board thing yeah. going down a little bit. And they they oh, were yeah. thinking it was um, as they've emphasized the soft skills like yeah. communication, talking and, to your patients yeah. and letting them know what's actually going yeah. on. And uh, the fact that there was more emphasis on that, it was hurting them for their board test. It was kind of what they were thinking. Right. But, but like, if your is board that, test is, is that a problem? Yeah. Right? I mean, if you don't know every bit of minutia, but yeah. you can tell your patient what's right. going on, you have a good is that bedside not manner. more important? Than- well, and then the minutia is in the palm of your hand. 
yeah. I can't get past like like I'm trying to get past that that details and facts and things that are really amenable to writing exam questions because it's like this is the one right answer are also the exact same things that you can look up in a matter of seconds on the internet on your phone on you know you have all these resources that are immediately and, and virtually instantaneously available to you but the skills that actually make somebody a good doctor or um, you know a good physician a good good at anything is that your problem solving skills and your ability to um, adjust and adapt and apply the information you have to new situations, um, of which are the kind of things that standardized multiple choice exams don't assess. Yeah, it'd be uh, interesting and not to well. see if, like, in the future, you're allowed to use your phone on the exam. That'd be so cool. Like, it's still timed, right? Like, you don't have infinite yeah, it's, time. It's things that you have in. But you're like, oh yeah, situation. I don't memorize the dose or the mechanism of action or blah 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 of this drug. But if I have access to that information, I can make the most. Uh, the best decision if yeah. I have the information. That's the kind of crap that I really focus on. Yeah. But that's not what we were really yeah. supposed to talk about today. That was just a preface to be like, hey, exams can be stressful, um, but but remember that your performance on an exam is not necessarily a reflection of your abilities. Okay, but it's still a hurdle we all have to, to jump over. Yeah, it feels crappy so, to uh, not get right. it. Right, and you, and you have to. Like right now, legally, you have to pass the NAVLI in order to be a licensed veterinarian in this country. So, uh, unless you're um, from another country and then you have to pass an even harder exam, we're not going to, I have never done that and thankful. Um, okay. But so you have to, you have to jump over this hurdle of some sort of standardized exam, depending on what your goals are. And so bleh, until we get enough people on the other side to be like, that was stupid. We should change it. Um, we have to play the game and we have to, we have to pass these standardized exams. So how do you study for it? Well, I'm here to share with you things that have worked for me. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you, um, but I can tell you um, things that changed. And this is this is stuff that I, I learned. Um, so, you know, everybody's a little bit different, but like when I was an undergrad, the courses I took and the topics that I took, it just, I didn't, I didn't have to, I guess, study enough that I had to develop <laughs> ways to study. Like I was just like, okay, read stuff, cram, you know, practice. But yeah. it wasn't, the amount of material was nowhere near what it, what it ended up being in vet school. And so I didn't have to have really good study habits. Yeah. And also undergrad stuff has to be more standalone, even like courses. Yeah. It's not cumulative in the same way. And you're not uh, scheduled. So like I did a degree in physics and that all builds off of each other, but it depends what order you take everything Right, and you can take it in whatever order you want. Yeah. So, um, like, like, you're learning stuff in quantum, but some people take solid state physics before they yeah, take exactly. quantum physics. And that's totally so what they I both did. Have, yeah, they both I, have to I, be I took liquid state first, actually. Uh, liquid state physics. Liquid state? Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to solid state. Yeah. Did you not take liquid state? No. Lame. There was fluid dynamics, but that no, was no, an engineering liquid course. State. Yeah, but that's silly. I don't want an engineering course. So you, I'm really disappointed that you didn't take liquid state physics. I didn't take solid state either. <laughs> um, I took cryogenics instead. Ugh, yeah, so just boring. Gold. Just easy courses. You're just yeah. taking the those like easy courses. Just to, solid like, state and cryogenics actually were the easy courses. Yeah, they probably. were electives. I don't know. No, but so yeah, in undergrad, like yeah, you took what you took, and like you said, there wasn't yeah, there wasn't the volume, and it wasn't this cumulative. Like, okay, I know you've taken this course, therefore everything from that course is testable in this course. Mm-hmm. Where vet school became that way, and it was just the volume of information. Anybody who's currently in or has been in vet school would would probably understand the the jump from the expectations you had um, that were that were placed on you in undergrad were very different in vet school. So anyway, I remember taking my first anatomy exam 
And I was just like studying on my own because I was like, I don't want to study with other people. And I'll, I can I can figure this out. I just got to memorize Yeah, because when you're an undergrad, stuff. a lot of times I found when I studied with other people, I was teaching them the yeah. stuff. And it was like, this is a waste of my time. Yeah, except them probably something to that teaching other people i learned well is, is a good, but i know my stuff saying. was math problems you're like so this is like, stuff here's I already how know. to already solve this math problem i need help with this one but yeah. no one got this one yeah yeah so it's a pain in the butt well so i took my first anatomy exam in vet school and was like oh that i i didn't i didn't do as well as i thought i would do i don't remember i probably got like a, a c or something like that and so no if you go in and Dr. Connor is your doctor. She doesn't know where your animal's legs are. <laughs> yes, exactly. That was that was what the anatomy exam was like. Point to the legs. And I couldn't do it. I didn't know. I was like, I don't know. There's is it all four or some of them arms? What do we call? Yeah. No, um, so there was there was definitely I don't even remember if it was like muscles. It was probably muscles and nerves and stuff, because that's just ridiculous. Um and I was just like, oh. There's a lot of memorizing and they, they asked for a lot of detail and I'm a big picture kind of person generally. And this level of memorization, I, I, I mean, I didn't do terribly. Like I said, I, I don't think I bombed it, um, but I definitely did not do as well as, as I wanted to. Yeah. And so I was talking to um, one of the one of the women who was in my anatomy group and it seemed like she had done okay. And I was talking to her and I was like, Sherry. Uh, you, you seem way less disappointed in your exam results than I am like, what's going on? And so I started talking to her about how she was studying and, um, and I I was like, huh, that's not how I would have approached things, but maybe, you know, it seems to be working for you. And let me, let me look into this. So what she was doing was making flashcards, um, but not like, you know, flashcards when you're a kid and it's like, what's the shape? And then the answer's on the back. Like she was writing like questions. Um, so she would, you know, go through, um, you know, the, the material for a course. And then she would, uh, you know, part of the review process for her was actually writing the questions, but so she would write, you know, what I'm trying to remember for anatomy, how she did. I think she did some like printouts and like, there were some images and things, but it was like, you know, this is next to this, or what's the origin and insertion for this bone or, uh, you know, tendons and ligaments and stuff like that. So, um, at any rate, I was like, maybe, maybe I need to get in on that. And so we started studying together. Um, and, and I, I already kind of knew about myself that I was a bit of an audio learner. If you hear weird noises in the background, that is one of our cats who's just being a little crazy. So if you're hearing a, a weird tinkling, that's him playing with a ball. So you're, you're not going crazy. You don't have to go and talk to an audiologist. Um, it's just a bad cat. Anyway, um, I, I knew about myself that I was, um, the, the learning styles that people have, I'm a visual learner, blah, blah, blah. It's probably not as important as people maybe think, but I do tend to be an audio learner. If I hear somebody say something, I, I remember that. Um, so, you know, if I miss, uh, if I missed a lecture, I, I was, I had pretty good attendance because I knew if I missed a lecture, going back and reading the notes or looking at the things was not going to do it for me. Um, but hearing the, the professor, like I could, I could be on an exam and be like, okay, I remember when they said this and I could hear it in my head. So for me working with my classmate, Sherry, she would write the, um, the flashcards and that, I think the process of writing that was really helpful, but then we would get together and then would read them to each other. And so then for me, that was helpful because then there was that audio um, audio component to it. Plus we could do stuff like we would go for walks and, and do not very strenuous, but get some exercise, get some activity, mm. which anyone in vet school knows is sometimes a challenge. Um, so we started doing that and I would write some flashcards, but not a whole lot. Um, cause that wasn't a really helpful, the writing of the flashcards wasn't helpful for me, 
But what I would do is I would write mock exams. Like, so before the exam, I would, I would write a practice exam and then we would take that. Um, I mean, me taking it did make a sen- make sense, but I would give it to <laughs> my other student. one of those. I yeah, I did so good. Um, it was really funny. I was pretty bad at writing exam questions um, at the time, but that wasn't the point. Um, so there was a group of four of us that would actually study together and we would do the flashcards, all of us. And then, you know, when it came close to being exam time, I would write a pra- practice exam. Now, writing the questions was good for me, going through the material and trying to think. And I, I would try to make the exam questions really hard because I figured if we could do well on my exams that were really really hard, then the real exams in theory would be easier. Um, but I, yeah, there were a lot of questions that they would then complain, be like, well, this didn't make sense or this was unclear or this one should have been the right answer. But that wasn't the point because whether how well you did on my exam, was it relevant to how you did yeah. in the course? You bring but that it, into the professor. I don't understand what I did. <laughs> yeah. I did Bobby's test. It was a lot harder than yours. Yeah. I and I did on well one. on that. No, but then they would come back and be like, we, we'd talk about the, the questions that I would write, you know, and say, oh, well, I thought this because of that. And so we'd find errors that I did, but it got us talking about the, the material, mm-hmm. right? So it was still a way to review things. Um, and it was helpful for me to write those questions. Um, it got me trying to think like, what are the most important topics um, for this, you know, bit of material? So trying to prioritize um, and then thinking about the questions in a new way. What are plausible distractors if I was writing multiple choice questions? So that that was really good for me. I didn't know it at the time, but it was also good training for down the road learning um, at least how not to write good test questions. <laughs> um, I was I was pretty bad at it, um, but yeah. So so that was helpful. I um, mean, so that's pretty much how I studied all throughout vet school. I had a group of friends, and we would um, read flashcards to each other to answer the questions, and um, and then I would write mock exams. And that's the majority of the studying we did. Obviously, we did some you know studying on our own and, and things like that. But just like rereading notes or rereading book chapters didn't work very well for me. And I and I don't really think it works very well for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm not a highlight the most out of it the first time you read it right exactly like, you're gonna read it again it's it's not like uh, yeah. delving into the lord of the rings oh yeah that did happen yeah now that i know this part maybe right. in like your future classes if you went back and read it be like oh actually okay. that yeah that probably would be true but you're just trying to like yeah you're struggling to get it's, through the, it's just memorizing the are you trying to memorize the words that were written is that how, i don't know that didn't work for me if it works for you that's fine um but if it's not working for you don't be surprised because I, th- I feel like that's not a helpful mechanism trying to challenge your brain to think about things in different ways is more likely to create some of that deeper understanding but so fast forward i don't know seven years from first year of vet school to now um, I'm in my residency and I'm starting to think about um, my board examination. And this is, this is now going to be the first time. So you should describe what the board exam is. Oh, I thought we did that. Didn't we do that already? When I talked about how we write the exam. Yeah. But oh, I guess they didn't listen to that one. Cause that well, why didn't you should have listened to that. So go back, pause this, go back and listen to that. All right. Episode. So the board exam, it's, <laughs> okay. uh, there's a big multiple choice section. And this is for the no- ACFEC. This is for the uh, Emergency Critical yeah. Care College. And then there's another big multiple choice section. Yeah. And then there's, there's a an short even answer. bigger short answer section. Short answer. So eight hours of short answer. So no short essays. Essay. Yeah. Well, not essays in that paragraphs, but like, yeah, there's it's not like a uh, tell us everything you know about. Sometimes it's a little bit, but we keep, chihuahuas. <laughs> we keep it, we keep it relatively brief for the sanity of the people grading the exam. Um, and also, you know, you need to, you need to have the questions be fairly clear what you're asking so that you can grade them in a, in a fair and consistent so way. So there's a, a right but answer. Yeah. 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 Hopefully. That was the nice thing in all the stuff I ever did. There is almost always a right answer. Yeah, you're doing like math based stuff. Yeah. And it was, yeah. uh, I think it's a little, I think it's probably. We're a, doing art over here yeah it's why um it's open to interpretation you guys have 
like it's hard when you go into vet school because they want you to have a science background right Mm -hmm. that's kind of the preferred thing but if you're doing like science like chemistry and things along those lines sciences versus here's a uh everything builds off each other it's like equations like you learn deeper and deeper yeah about the same thing not oh um well here's all the parts of this animal now here's an entirely different animal oh it's all the same don't kid yourselves just about (laughs) this one's just got a slightly different cornea here's an octopus and then here's a cat yeah no it, it is everything's squishy yeah. You said octopus, so I thought squishy. But yeah, everything in the life sciences is kind of squishy. You can kind of like combine the stuff. But, but it's, it's more not, like tendencies and, yeah. you know, this is this is generally how things are. It's not Unless like, it's you not. know how you've been doing things the long way? Well, here's a derivative. <laughs> it's like a shortcut for everything. And as soon as you understand that, you understand it. Yeah. Yeah, no, as soon as you think you understand something in like the life sciences, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> New information Not will like come out and be like, no. Tylenol breaks human's fever and it murders cats. Yeah, that's true. Um, it murders cats. <laughs> that seems like a fun ad. Um, well, not fun ad, but you know what I mean. Like, I saw a crazy one funny. today at the gym. Um, I didn't think <laughs> they still had ads like this, but it was um, it was for decon and it was um, it was something like mice love it to death. Or <laughs> what? I think that's what it was. It was, my, it was something that was like, oh, this that's, seems like a that's uh, kind of dark, like a Tom and Jerry type that was, thing. That was a pretty smooth way of mentioning that you went to the gym today. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I work did not. Go, I didn't. I, I work out. I did not go to the gym today. I went to work today, though. Yeah. Okay. Um. So we we have a really hard exam, and it covers all the material that basically anything anybody has ever known about veterinary medicine is covered on the ACFAC board exam. Everything's fair game. It's pretty awful, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I have to study for this exam. And it's been years since I've had to, like, study for an exam because my NAVLI was, you know, four years before. You only have to read three years of, like, 20 journals, right? Yeah, that's it. No, uh, Yeah, three years. Um, I think it was, yeah, something Plus like that at the time. Plus all the, what do you call it, <laughs> Plus all the textbooks. Articles. All the seminal articles. They now call them... I don't remember what they call them anymore, but yeah, the seminal article. I know I'm like for years I've been in charge of that list and I I can't remember what it's called. I think it's just the supplemental. I don't even know what that word was. The supplemental. Supplemental. (laughs) I don't know. The supplemental articles reading list. And you guys get what I'm saying. So there's probably only like 600 journals and 20 textbooks that you need to know, right? About 20. Yeah. There's a list of like probably... 200 books i'm and very like, good at of estimating too that's why i was good at school <laughs> yeah i can um, look at something and yeah, yeah. 10 yeah which, which is why multiple choice tests are are good and bad they're good for you and bad for like do you really know this um but if, yeah it's good enough yeah. but anyway so i had to get back to like how do i study and i was like well back in vet school this worked pretty well for me so even though i'm studying by myself now or essentially by myself i'll share a little bit of that but i'm like let's go back to the flashcard thing so the first thing i did was to sort of organize myself and and i think spending a little time instead of studying but like organizing your studying if you have like a big exam that you need to prepare for is probably worthwhile so i had i knew how much time i probably had about like i don't know six or seven weeks of dedicated time where that's my my full-time job was studying for this exam now if you're studying for the navli you're probably not going to have that be your full-time job but if you're doing boards that one's a little easier yeah yeah the pass rate is in the 90s and the pass rate for the acfec board exam is in the 50s or 60s so uh yeah i would say objectively that exam is easier but 
Um, but so I had, I had six to seven, eight weeks. I don't remember exactly how much time. And I said, okay, I need to spend this time wisely. So I'd, I'd kind of organized by topics. Okay. These are the topics that I need to cover. And then I would sort of schedule out, like depending on how complicated the topic was, plus how important it was, how much time I would dedicate to that. And then I would, um, I spent some time organizing what resources I was going to use, you know, which textbooks, um, I was going to do for some of those things. And what I, I did is I went through, um, and I organized or when I got the materials that I'd planned to use, and then I would go through the material and I would write myself flashcards. And so I would write questions that I thought were, you know, boards worthy. Like I would read a, a chapter in a book. And if there was something I'm like, I know this, like I, I know this inside and out. Um, yeah, this is, this is, I'm, I didn't it. waste my time writing questions on that, but something I was like, uh, and I tried to be really honest with myself. Like, do I really like, do I know that off the top of my head? If somebody asks, can I, can I just pull that out of my head? Um, and if the answer was no, then I would write a question about it. And so I had a one of those uh, three by five index card boxes full of flashcards. In fact, I think I had two by the time I was done. I had two of those little, what are those called? You know what I'm talking about. I think it's what people put their movies in. Like what? A- like you put like, like a Rolodex. It the, wasn't a Rolodex. You had to have like all your movies back in the day <laughs> when you had VHS tapes and you had to number them. People don't even know what DVDs are, let alone VHS tapes. Um, I. It's just called no the three by five bin. Yeah, it was just a little plastic thing with a little like flip lid, and I would keep them all in there, and I had them organized a little bit by topic, um, and I so I just had all these flashcards, and so I spent probably a, you know seventy five percent of the time my study time was writing these flashcards. So I would read a chapter, and what I would do when I was reading it, um, I would highlight the things that I thought this this is a topic that I'm not. I don't have solidly down. And so some chapters had a lot more highlighting than others. And so then, then on the second pass, I would go to the highlighted sections, read those and write a question about them. So I, I focused my time. The second reading was just stuff that I was not like, I know this inside and out. And then I would have to think about it a little bit in a way to write an exam question. And so they were all free response, no multiple choice questions. And so that, you know, the answer would just be on the back of the flashcard. And so I had this bank of flashcards and then, um, and then when I was taking a, a quote unquote break from writing, just cause my hand would get sort of cramped and I'd be like, okay, I'm done with this. Then I'd get my package of flashcards and I'd read them. Um, or like toward the end of the night, it was like, okay, I'm done consuming new information. I'm going to review stuff. And, uh, I'd moved back in with my parents at that point. I'd been warning that for years. So I was like, Hey, when I'm done with this residency, I'm going to not That's have a job know when you're successful. When you, you're a doctor and then you go to school for another three years, four, four years. And then when you're done with that, you move back, you move in with your parents. Yep. That is the definition of success. Absolutely. Look it up. (laughs) I'd been warning them for years. I was like, so when I'm done with this residency, it finishes in a, in July or whatever. And my exam is in September and I'm not going to have a job. Um, and I'm going to need a place to live. also owe enough money to pay for a house. Ah, two houses really. I could probably get two decent houses, um, but definitely at least one. Anyway, yeah, so it was a good time. But my my parents were well prepared, and so they knew, like, this is my full-time job. I'm going to mooch off of you for, uh, you know, um, two, two and a half months or something. I don't remember how long it was. And, uh, and yeah, and you're going to just deal with it that I'm going to, I mean, they were both working, so they would leave during the day and go get jobs so they could feed me and stuff, which was nice of them. And I would just sit in a chair and, uh, it was, it was nice. It was summertime. So it was baseball season. So I would just put like a baseball game on the TV in the background. So something I didn't really have to pay attention to. Um, and I would just 
write my flashcards, write my flashcards. And then they'd come home and they'd be like, okay, it's time for you to take a break. And we'd have some dinner and then we'd go for like a walk. Um, and, and they were pretty good. My parents were, were pretty good sports about it. They're not in the medical field at all. Um, but they would, they would read the flashcards. They would quiz me. So rather than me looking at them, they would read them out loud. Yeah. Cause sometimes and you that can cheat yourself. When you look at yeah, your exactly. Cause like, yeah, you just kind of remember it. Well, not only that, but like you, you see what it looks like and you just sort of remember, um, what the answer was yeah. without necessarily understanding it versus if they read it to me, um, it was a little bit different and it was fun. It was, it was actually really fun because then they would, um, they would sometimes struggle with like pronouncing the stuff. They would usually blame it on like my writing. They're like, if you, it's the way you wrote it. I don't know if that's a U or an N or whatever. And I'm like, if you knew what the words meant, you'd know what that would say. Um, but it was, that was kind of fun. We had, uh, we had some chuckles about that, um, about their ability to pronounce some of the things and, and whatnot. But so, yeah, they would help me, even and though. Is that pretty common for your working. board exam? Just um, just secluding yourself for yes. a few weeks. That's, yeah. it's, it's that's kind of like the, that this is, is what you should do. That's what you should do. Don't go work and nope. study on the side. That is the advice that you're given is that you your full-time job needs to be studying for the next six to eight weeks. Yeah. Is that, and um, you need to plan for that. True for like other board exams? Um, so there, the timing is different. So like in the internal medicine and anybody who's under the ACVI I'm heading, so that's going to be internal medicine, neurology, cardiology, and oncology. They have a two part exam. So, um, in their second year of their residency, they take the qualifying exam and you have to pass that before you can take the certifying exam, which mm-hmm. you take in your third year, but they take that's it, what they do in but PhDs. they take it during the residency. So their exams are in June which means they have to be given time off during the residency to study. Um, so the time that will be given off will vary from program to program, but usually it's somewhere in the ballpark of four to six weeks. So yes, there is still the understanding that you need to have dedicated time to study, um, but it's going to just be handled differently. So ACVIM colleges just understand that, hey, our second year residents and third year residents are going to be off clinics for the next four to six weeks. Um, surgery takes their board exam, I think it's like January or something. So when they finish their um, they finish their residency and then they've got like six months, which that's kind of a bummer yeah. um, because you, that's, you can't be off for six months. So most of them go to work, get a job, wherever they're going to work, and then they get time off afterwards. So it's the thing you negotiate for um, when, you're, when you're getting that first job. And, and everybody kind of understands like if they're yeah they all that, did it too yeah, exactly like hey we know that surgeons are going to need time off to study and to take their board and it's to their so um, be a thing it's to, to their, their benefit that you pass right they want you to pass so they want to make sure they give you the the time the dedicated time you need um it's getting better and better for people in those first jobs is negotiating to actually get paid during that time there's a lot of creative ways for people to adjust that it was not as commonplace when i finished my exam and so i was just like i'm homeless and i am jobless you also went to south africa well, yeah, that's true. So that was a little trickier. Which I got an email from them. From um, the yeah. whole country? They just all got together no, and emailed it you? Was, it was like the administ- the wife of the administrator of something. She was also the administrator of something in South Africa. Something about... Um, they asked it was for like money? Thir- no, she said she had <laughs> $30.5 million that um, had been over allocated. And, uh, she wanted to give it to you? Yeah, but only 20% of it. But oh, I had to not even give her it. all my bank information. But I could call her banker. Oh, well, that makes it legitimate yeah. then. So how much money is that? How much money? Do, are I we think, rich? We can stop doing this I think this we podcast? were going to get like $6 million, And then she was going to... Podcast 5% over. 5% was going to go to um, to like the lawyers. fees for everything yeah, and the like the hiding thing. And then 5% was going to you go to... You tell me about this. What was oh, her I name? Maybe I know her. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up later on the email. <laughs> no. 5% was going to go to a... Um, charity like a motherless child or something that's not even possible yeah like yeah <laughs> no. it was weird 
That is a but very, so they've that been that's a long us. and detailed. It was a very long email. <laughs> the entire country of I like South Africa emailed me. It's like no, mm-hmm. <laughs> the country of South Africa didn't email you. Um, yeah, that sounds legitimate. Yeah, I forgot what we were talking about. You distracted me. <laughs> um, we were talking about all the different uh, oh, exams and when they take. Yes, but you should you should try to for exam like carve out some dedicated time for studying for your Yeah, and exam. try to negotiate for it too. Make yeah, sure that's a thing. You should. Because that is a thing. Yes, you should. Don't let them trick you. They Don't got let the them money. trick you. Yeah, they can afford it. Um, and there's creative ways to do it, um, you know, just to make sure that, hey, you finished your residency and because you were a resident, you were poor and therefore you weren't able to save up a lot of money, which means you need to start getting paid, but you also need to be able to study. And so work something out where you're like, hey, you know, we spread my salary out over the next 12 months and, you know, maybe your overall monthly salary over the next 12 months is less than it would be um, if you were working full time. But I, again, there's there's lots of ways. If you have questions, send me an email and I can help you come up with ways to negotiate for that. But try to get paid while you're studying. Yeah, so you can afford chips you know, and snacks. Life, yeah, living. Or crash with your parents if that's cool too. Don't Don't judge. It worked. I hadn't yet met Topher, so he wasn't able to support me during these times. I had to I had to do it all on my own with help from a lot of other people like my parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all on my own. Um, uh, anyway, so yeah, that that's kind of how I studied. I, I will say, so a couple other things that I thought were important for me and something you should consider if you're studying for a really important exam like this is for the last couple, several weeks before the exam, I stopped trying to acquire new information and I only reviewed the old information. So I only went back over. Yeah, because you don't um, know it by now. Exactly. And and so the other, the, fil- um, the philosophy that I took when I was preparing for boards was I know that I can't possibly cover and know inside and out all the information there is to know. And even everything that is quote unquote fair game for this exam. Like it's just not possible. It's not realistic, whatever. I have done a three-year residency. I worked really hard during that time. And so a lot of the stuff I should just know because I've been doing it. Um, but I'm going to just understand that there are going to be things on the exam that I'm going to encounter and be like, what the heck? I don't know. But what I didn't want to happen, what was really important for me was not to get to something on the exam and be like, oh, I studied that. I, I, crap, I remember studying it and I know I looked at it, but I don't know. I wanted to say, if I'm going to spend the time studying this, I want to know it. So I wanted to make sure I gave myself time to reinforce things and review things. And toward the end, I was just going over, um, my flashcards. And, um, and so what I would do is I would take a flashcard and if I got every question on that flashcard, right, it would go in one pile. If I missed any question, I would mark the questions that I missed and it would go in a different pile. And, and so, and that happened throughout the entire study period. And so I was like, I don't want to keep reviewing cards that I'm like, boom, I got this, I got this, I got this. Um, so I would set those aside and then toward the end, you know, the stack would get smaller and smaller once I could go through that and like answer every question confidently, correctly. Um, and so then when I would get through that section, then I'd move on to another section and do the same kind of thing. And then for the last couple of weeks, I went back so all the flashcards, even the ones that I was like, I know these, I was like, do I still know them six to eight weeks later? And there were some that, you know, I was like, oh no, I maybe not as much. So I refreshed on some of those things. Um, so it was, it was really important for me to allow myself when I was scheduling things, that review time to say, okay, no new information. I'm not going to go over anything new. It's just whatever I've covered at this point, that's what I'm going to know. Um, then, and this is the hard part. Um, I, I was, um, I, I think it was a benefit to me that I moved to South Africa, like, I think like two days after the exam, I was on a flight to South Africa. And so 
you know, I was leaving the country, leaving the hemisphere. I wasn't going to see family for a bit. And, um, and so my exam was in, um, Nashville, Tennessee that year. That's, that's where IVEX was hosted that year. And so I was staying um, with my parents in Michigan at the time. And then I had siblings that were in other places and, um, everybody was going to meet in Nashville for a few days before the exam. This was going to be like the last time I was going to see my, my siblings and my nieces and nephews before I took the exam and then moved. And so, um, I, I drove my, my parents and I drove, we, we had a road trip where we drove from Michigan to Nashville. I was reading my flashcards on the, on the road. They did all the driving. That was nice of them. And, um, and then we met at a hotel, um, in Nashville and I hung out with my family and my nieces and nephews for a couple of days. And I didn't do any studying for a couple of days right before the exam. And I think that was also really good for me. That I think, yeah, because you're not tired. You're not yeah, fatigued. I just like relaxed. I was like, you know what? There's other things that are more important in life, and I'm just gonna not think about the exam for a couple of days. At this point, if I don't, if I haven't learned it at this point, the last two days before the exam, I'm not gonna be able to suddenly cram six volumes of Ettinger into my head right now. Like it's it's not worth it. Like I've done the preparation. I'm as prepared as I'm gonna be, and so I I hung out with my family. Now, the like the day before the exam. <laughs> Um, I left. I was like, okay, you guys going to hang out and do whatever you're going to do. And then I went to, I, we were staying at a, a cheaper hotel than the, where the exam was. And then I switched over to the more expensive hotel because I wanted to be where the exam was going to be. Um, not have to like drive or be worried about being late or the cabs or who knows, you know, I think this was pre Uber days. Yeah. And so, um, so then I switched over to the hotel and I was by myself. And so like the night before the exam, I was like back and I was like, I, I didn't review like all my cards, but I had a couple, I had a couple of flashcards that had like equations and things that I was like, these are going to come up and I just want to make sure I, I have these down. So I just would review a couple of those things or anything that I was like, oh, this was, this was something that I struggle with. And I, and it's just like factoids, things I need to memorize. And so I set a few things, uh, yeah, those things, things aside. Normally I would just look up. Right. That I would look up, but I'm like, I want this to be as fresh in my mind as possible um, for the exam so that I don't make silly mistakes from, from stuff like that. So I did a few of those things and, and then I tried to go to bed early. I can't remember if I did or how well I slept or whatever, but I did get away from my family. I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm in exam mode. So like the day before the exam, but like this, the three or four days prior, I don't remember how long it was, but the few days prior to the exam, I didn't do any studying at all it was kind of cool it was kind of nice to take a break yeah it was um, easier back then they didn't have instagram or facebook <laughs> they had Twitter. facebook they have facebook shut up <laughs> i don't know if i was on facebook at the time but probably um but we didn't have internet everywhere you went i mean you had it like that was when you there had to no like hey crush. you had to pay like 20 dollars a night for the hotel wi-fi it was crap like that and you didn't have like unlimited data plans so yeah but yeah, I just kind of sat alone in a, in a hotel room and tried to go to bed early and then got up and took the exam. And um, the rest is, as they say, history. Because you passed, right? I did pass. Good job. Yeah. Um, so I didn't think I'd passed. Yeah. But I did. So it might have been a clerical error that I've taken advantage of for the years. I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> I'm totally okay with that. Um, I actually felt okay after the first day, which was the clinical exam where it was like, here's a patient. What do you do? And I was like, I feel like I did okay on that. I mean, there were definitely parts that I was like, what, what the heck? Why are you asking me stupid stuff? But overall I, I was like, I, I might, I might've passed. I like, I, I might've passed. And then the multiple choice sections were the next day. And I was like, nope, definitely failed. 
nope, nope, yeah. nope. That was terrible. This is embarrassing. I'm going to be embarrassed. Do they, they don't publish your scores, right? It's not, nobody's going to know that I got a 20% on this exam, are they? Oh, yeah. I think that's another thing that's tough with like undergrad stuff. And when you go into real world things, like in undergrad, or for most classes, passing is like 90%. They want you to get like a 90%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In my classes, which is, I think I'm a little. I'm a little better at tests. So I did a lot of like competition stuff in high school where it's it's like if you got two thirds of it, you did really well. And then when I went to college, it was it's like everybody would freaking out. The test has uh, three questions in it and um, people would be like, I didn't I didn't know number two at all. I was like, nobody knew number two. Yeah, that was the impossible question. We're going to get a 60 and then we're going to fail the class. It's, It's like you can't fail all the people in the class yeah it's just a 60 will be an a and then they like wouldn't do it wouldn't do it and do it and then like 10 days before the final or the the grades would come out they'd be like and a 60 is an a it's <laughs> like duh i'm not gonna fail all 10 of us 10 whole people my god you're ridiculous yeah what was you flexing and then you went to the gym yeah no i didn't go to the gym <laughs> back then i just no? ran around you just ran yeah ran around like a crazy person yeah um, so going back to your studying, how did you decide what not to study? Like, oh. cause there's like 600 journals. How do you be like, eh, yeah. this journal's stupid. This one's stupid. This one's stupid. Oh yeah. Like no, when it was, no, when no, it went no, to no. like the journal specifically, this is, that was a challenge. So I, I just made some assumptions and I, and I tried to focus on like, what is the stuff that I need to know to be a good criticalist? And yeah. I felt like I've been doing this as a resident for a while that I have like a decent um, understanding of what is important. Like I've been seeing these cases for the past three years. I have a good idea of what comes up time and time again. So I tried to prioritize there. Um, for me, for my specialty, um, our journal is JVEC, the Journal of Veterinary Emergency Critical Care. So that was a priority. Clearly articles from that journal are going to be a priority. Um, and then I just, you know, again, what are the type, what are the journals that come up time and time again that have topics relevant to, um, you know, to my specialty and but even like three years. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. Like, that's a lot. of articles. It's a lot. So what I would do is I would go through and, and, but a lot of them I'd come across like just in the course of my practice, right? Um, but I would go through and I would I would read the titles of all of them and then I would sort of just look at and say, okay, is that something that is a topic that is really relevant to what I do all the time? Or like at first I would get rid of all the case reports and in the, in the case series, done, don't care. Like that's just, here's one case. Um, so I didn't read those things unless it was like, I thought that it would have like a review thing that would just be interesting information, but not like I need to know this particular case. Um, but I would read the titles and I would say, yeah, that seems like that's that's a meaty article and that's probably got a lot of good stuff that I should read. Did you pay attention to authors at all? You know what? I didn't. You're like, oh, that's that's a big author that everybody likes. That, it's probably not a bad idea. Like, oh, Ken Drobetz wrote that. That's probably going to come up. Um, yeah, that that's not a bad idea. I don't, I don't know. Probably if you were being really strategic about it, you would go and look and see who are the people on the exam committee for that year. And, and then anything. Any of their articles. Oh, no, read all of their articles. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, write questions on your own stuff. Or, um, uh, or be like, oh, well, this other person on the exam committee just published this article. We got to totally put that in there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, that's not what we do at all. Um, but that, that's probably in retrospect something that I would have done if I'd thought of it, but I didn't. Um, no, I just based on, I went based on title. It was like, all right, that seems pretty good. And if that seemed pretty good, then I would read the um, abstract. 
And then from there, I'd sometimes I'd be like, that's going to have to be it. And I'd like to, that's going to have to be the meat and potatoes of it. Or I'd be like, oh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. I need to read that. And then for other journals like JVIM, uh, Journal of Veterinary Internal Medicine, or um, big, big journals like um, New England Journal of Medicine, I would just skim titles and be like, okay. And I would pick out a few things in those years that I'm like, this is probably worthwhile. Um, I made sure to read all of the seminal articles because I'm like that. You have to. They basically yeah. said, read these. Um, so I did. And, um, but yeah, then I would write flashcards about those too, though. I'd be like, you know, what I thought would be a, a fair question to ask, like what percentage of dogs with, you know, this disease that were given this blah, 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 had this outcome, you know, whatever. I would just take it from the results. Um, Cause that's the other thing to remember is on the exam, you know, knowing the rules of writing questions is that it, you either have to have two references or if it's primary research, um, you can, you can cite just that article, but it can, you can only ask about like their methods or the results. You can't ask about discussion cause that's like opinion and we, we might not, mm-hmm. might not all agree on that, but like they reported this result. I can ask about that. Um, so I tried to, you know, be strategic when I was writing myself questions. Okay. What were the major take home points of this paper? Um, and what do I think would be a, a, you know, reasonable question to ask? Sometimes the questions they asked on those articles were just not reasonable. They were stupid and minutiae. And I was like, that's just harsh. Even yeah, if you read this article, like that, nobody it, else is going to get it either. Right. But even if you read this article, we're going to get it right. Exactly. Those are the, those are the ones that kind of pissed me off where it was like, even if I read that article, I would not remember that factoid. Like even if I understood the main point of the article. Um, so that's one thing like when I was on the exam committee was uh, trying to make sure when we ask questions about specific articles that it wasn't minutia. It was, it was facts from that, but that were relevant. Like what's the take home of this, of this article? Um, and if we can't come up with something that's not minutia, maybe we just can't ask a question on it. Um, but some of them still sneak in there or there's old ones and different things, but yeah. What do you do with that? So like with old stuff and new stuff. So like what like, old stuff just like goes blood away. Bloodletting. So oh. things that are out of some old technique that someone still uses somewhere. Yeah. But is not. That's really going to depend on the exam committee. When I was on the exam committee, well, particularly I mean for when studying. I was chairing. Oh, I was just like, that's like, stupid. I'm not studying new that. stuff like laser therapy. Yeah. Things that you do have to think about like, what is the technique du jour? Like, what is everybody talking about? So when, and I, this was fortunate for me, um, but when I was taking boards, there was a lot of um, hemostasis, a lot of coagulation stuff that had been coming out, which was favorable for me because I like that stuff. Um, so there were a ton of studies about tag and, and things like that. So that actually helped me because um, that was stuff I already like was familiar with because I was interested in it. Um, so I didn't have to spend a lot of time studying for that. Um, and there was a lot of stuff, uh, relatively speaking, there was, a, there was a good bit of stuff on exam for that. Um, you know, right now on ECC, there's like people love talking about the um, high flow nasal oxygen therapy and stuff like that. So like if I were studying for uh, ACFIC boards, you know, in the coming years, I'd focus on those kind of articles. So you would focus on new stuff? I would, yeah, I would. Yeah. yeah. All the stuff that people are like, and oh, this is really cool. If there's literature Old on stuff, it. just not worry about it. If it's really old, like, so. Old it, things that you wouldn't Some use. of it is going to come up on the exam. And I remember, um, so when I took boards, one of my faculty mentors was on the exam committee. And I remember going, um, telling her afterwards, I don't remember what the question was, but I was like, Rita there was a question about this. And she's like, you didn't get that? I was like, Rita, this has never come up in the three years. You have never mentioned those words to me the entire time. And I was like, that's baloney and I'm really mad about it. And she's like, really? We never talked? I was like, no, because it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so don't there, need there are some anymore. things. We have yeah, yeah. But also there's like, um, you know, there's just certain topics that, you know, have been 
you know, everybody needs to know about a swan gans catheter, even though nobody does it because studies have come out showing it doesn't improve outcomes and there's no need to do it anymore and it's not a beneficial thing. It was like, you still have to know this. Why? Why? Why can't we just collectively agree that this is a thing nobody does and therefore it, we just take it off the list? So like, so when we were writing, you know, questions um, during the exam or talking about stuff when I was on the exam committee, I'd be like, does anyone do this? And if somebody on the exam committee was like, yeah, I still do it. I was like, okay, I'll be quiet. Um, but sometimes we'd be like crickets, like, no, yeah, I don't really do this. It's like a room of like nine criticalists. Yeah. And like from different areas of the country, um, of the world actually, and people, some in private practice, some in academia. And so sometimes I'd be like, okay, like, all right, if some people are doing that, then I guess it's fair. Even though I'm not, that, that that's reasonable. But sometimes it was like, no, nobody's doing this. Cool. Can we just delete that and move on? Um, so... That uh, I, I definitely tried to to do that when I was on the exam committee and then particularly when I was chairing it. But um, that doesn't mean that's always going to happen. And, and some of those questions will still sneak in there. Yeah, but not many. Not too many. But it depends on who's chairing the committee because there could be just a bunch of jerks that are like, I had to know it, therefore they have to know it. Yeah. Like those people exist. I don't like those people, but they exist and they're part of specialty colleges all over the place. They need to have to do that weird splint that you were complaining about the other day. Oh, the spica splint? Yeah. That nobody does. Yeah, I took that out of uh, the course for our vet students. That is not what I consider a day one competency. Considering in the 10 or 15 years that I've been practicing, I've never once had to do it. Not once. Or an Emer sling. No I remember learning about it and I've seen pictures about it. I could probably fumble my way through it if I had to, but it turns out I don't have to. So anyway, that's it. That's what I got. That's how I studied. Flashcards. Flash. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Flashcards and try to get, you know, your parents or your friends to read them to you. Yeah. Um, what if I'm a And then take a break. Learner? Then draw pictures on your flashcards. <laughs> I always find that one funny mm-hmm. that the I'm a visual learner because, like, um, some I remember when are, I was when you're when trying I was to do tutoring, math. yeah, tutoring yeah. things and um, like algebra and helping friends. They'd be like, "Oh, I'm a visual learner," and then I would draw them a picture of what was happening, and they would be more lost. It's yeah, like, you just said you were a visual learner. No, no, you're just not that you're type confused. of visual learner. I just want to see the answer, <laughs> and then I will tell you. Yeah, and flashcards will help you with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't know if that's going to help everybody, um, but I do think the the big picture things organizing, getting organized, um, having some that, sort of system that kind of time. Yeah, knowing the time, but also it's going to take taking, you weeks. Take a take a break at the very end is my advice. Like take a day or so to like decompress, not do anything, do something yeah. fun, distract yourself. And it's then like come a strength competition. You need to yeah have some recovery time. Your brain is, is a mu- it's not a muscle, but you know people use that analogy. Yeah. Um, no, I think it, I think it makes a lot of, of sense. It is mostly a glob of fat. Pretty smart though. Mm-hmm. F- fat and electricity. That's what a brain is. I remember that from anatomy. <laughs> um, all right, that's all I got. All right. So if you have taken a board exam recently and your study habits were very different than mine, um, send us an email. Come on the show and talk about it. Talk about your experience taking your specialty boards, particularly if it wasn't ECC, although ECC is cool too, obviously. Um, But if you took surgery or one of the ACVIM boards or radiology, something like that, reach out to us at... um, Veterinary (laughs) Journal Club. At gmail.com or send us a tweet or a gram at... Vet Journal Club. Yeah. Hey, that always feels like I need to say and more. And if nobody yeah. emails us, we're going to be calling people. Oh, yeah. Cold call. Yeah. yeah. I'm coming for you. Yeah. We're just going to, you're going to get a FaceTime and then you're going to be on the show. 
That's right. We're not even going to tell you. We're going to secretly record you. Yeah. That's right. Maybe we should do that. <laughs> I don't know if that's ethical. Well, but now you don't know. It's out there and it might happen. You might show You've up been on informed. a show. You've, yeah, that's right. This is your consent. We're, we're assuming if you answer the phone that you consent to being recorded. Okay, that's it. Bye. Bye.